Broadcasting live from the KVXL studios at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. The Frittle Show with Crystal Heath. I've said that we must be cautious in claiming God is on our side. I think the real question we must answer is, are we on his side? Faith, family, freedom. For me, it's very simple. I think we've got to... We've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. And hello, Las Vegas. Happy Thursday morning to you all. I am officially back as the Frittle Show. For those of you that have been waiting, waiting, waiting patiently, I appreciate your patient, patient waiting. Uh, I just as we're about to go on the air here uh, this morning for the live show, um, I saw an announcement that Roger Ailes has died. Uh, his wife has issued a statement saying, I am profoundly sad and heartbroken to report that my husband Roger Ailes passed away this morning. Roger was a loving husband to me, to his son Zachary, and a loyal friend to many. He was also a patriot, profoundly grateful to live in a country that gave him so much opportunity to work hard, to rise, and to give back. During a career that stretched over more than five decades, his work in entertainment, in politics, and in news affected the lives of many millions. And so even as we mourn his death, we celebrate his life. Um, regardless of your thoughts on Roger Ailes and everything that went down at Fox News with his dismissal, I think it is important for us to remember that without him, conservative alternative media would not be what it is today. Uh, You may think that Fox News is not where it should be or what it should be, but without him, there wouldn't have ever been Uh, Fox News, and I personally believe that the success of Fox News is what led to so many other conservative outlets being able to launch and to uh, to succeed. So, uh, it's just uh, to me, it's the whole thing is sad. There's so much that's just sad that's happening in our world and in our media today. And I haven't talked about it this week. I've purposefully put off having a show. One because. Excuse me if you heard that, but ever since getting back from Florida, it seems like I have just, I don't know if there's something in my office or something here in Vegas that my body was not having issues with until I went to Florida and then came back, but I've been trying to figure out why my nose is just going crazy every time I get into the office. have not yet succeeded in figuring that out, but also because I, when I went on vacation, I went on vacation. I I barely checked my phone. I didn't. We didn't watch the news at all. We didn't read any newspapers. We were just there to be together and to be on vacation, and it was great. So I didn't want to comment on on stories or topics or subjects until I'd actually gotten back and had the opportunity to really think through some things. Because oftentimes we'll formulate opinions and share them with other people before we hear both sides of the story. Because generally speaking. You know, we'll, we'll look at somebody that says something that we agree with or somebody that we trust as a source, and that's a good thing. But we read it and we're like, yeah, that's what I think. And sometimes then when we do that, though, we fail to see the other side or to recognize that the other side might have something legitimate that they're saying as well. So I needed a few days to kind of process through things, and now I have. And we are going to jump right in. We are going to talk about Russia. We're going to talk about Donald Trump. We're going to talk about Last Man Standing. 
depending on how long these things take me to talk about, we'll determine whether or not we get to talk about the fact that a GIF is in fact pronounced GIF and other things of that nature. So give me a minute here. We're going to get started in just a few minutes. But first, uh, it's Amazing Grace from Noteworthy. We'll be right back and we will jump into all of these topics. Here's Amazing Grace. All right. So here we go. It's a Frittle show. You ready? You ready? It's, it's opposed to drive time with Frittle, by the way. Today is the show in which we talk more and music less. More talk, less music. Maybe that should be our tagline. More talk, less music for the Frittle show. I don't know. But uh, let's let's jump in. Because again, you know, I've been out of the loop, on vacation. I didn't want to offer comments or commentary on what's been happening in the world until I really had a chance to digest it all. And there's a lot, a lot that has been going on. And really, you can make remarks one day and the next hour they're irrelevant because some new thing has just been revealed and it's just it's crazy right now but um okay i want to talk about a few main topics starting with what else of course president trump russia and the media's new cold war or is it a warm war i don't really even know but i've had several people ask me my opinion and it doesn't matter what anyone tells you until there's an actual tape or an actual transcript of the conversation that is in question. The only thing that anyone is going to be able to give you about it is an opinion on this matter because, frankly, we don't even know what went down in this meeting. And, as to be expected, if you're tuning in for someone who's pro-Trump, you're going to hear the whole issue downplayed. If you're tuning into someone who's left-leaning, this is going to be the biggest scandal-slash-crisis that has ever plagued our country. And the truth probably is somewhere in the middle. It usually is. So this election, this past election for me, it was very different. All right. So until last year, I never really battled with myself over who I would vote for. There wasn't this gut-wrenching, soul-searching, months-long process. I mean, there was never a perfect candidate in any other election that I'd been part of. But there was always someone who I felt I could in good conscience not simply vote for, but whom I could ask others to vote for as well based on their character and their conduct and their record. And I would, I would campaign for them and I would go all out trying to get that personal elected. But last year, it was different for me. And it may not have been for you, and that's okay. That's not what I'm here to debate right now. But, you know, at the end of the day, I I reached a decision that I could live with in the last election, and I think that's what each of us had to do. For some, it was more difficult than others. For some people, it wasn't even difficult at all. For me, it was. And I think there are a lot of people like me out there. But because of that, I'm now left in a position I've never been in before. A position where it's not necessarily my guy, if you will, in the White House. And by my guy, I mean it's not someone who I hardcore campaigned for. I'm not saying whether I did or did not vote for him because I I think that's ultimately between me and God. And maybe someday I'll tell you. And I think many of you might be surprised by the decision I did end up making. But again, that's not the point. So I'm not going there today. But in my adult life, I've never not campaigned hardcore for a presidential candidate, whether that be door-to-door. I have gone door-to-door in blizzards, literally whiteouts. If you don't know what a whiteout is, 
It's probably because you grew up in the desert. Um, I've done phone banking. I've done social media outreach. I've done stuffed mailers. I mean, I, I've done all the things that you can do for a candidate in a political campaign. I, I just have. But I, I didn't this last time around. And, and because of that, I, I find myself in a strange position. I, I see things a little differently than I usually do after an election right now. And I, not simply because it wasn't, uh, it wasn't the, the my guy from the primary, if you will. Rarely is the candidate who ends up being the endorsed candidate my guy from the primary. But through all of the infighting and bickering amongst the general populace and people that are friends, if you will, during the last election... I realized on a very personal level how petty, divisive, and hypocritical not just many politicians are, but many voters are, including myself. I mean, because I think if you, if you push aside everything else, what it boils down to is we, we most often, it seems, tend to treat our political heroes like our sports teams in America, Right. So we, no matter how irrationally, will hope beyond hope that they win. No matter what, right? So here's, here's a football an- analogy for you. So our guy could be clearly hanging off of the opponent's neck in the end zone, and we will hoot and holler and blame the refs for a pass interference call we disagree with, even if the pass interference was clearly happening. We can't and we won't see it because it's our guy, it's our team, and we want our team to win, even if that means we hope or need for the refs to get it wrong sometimes. You know it's true. <laughs> you know you've done it. And you know when you see that bad that, that, that foul that's done and the ref doesn't call it, that you're breathing a sigh of relief and you're like, oh good. Even though you should want the right thing to be done every time, but you don't necessarily because you ultimately... The most important thing during that football game for you is for your team to win, regardless of if there's an overlooked penalty or two or three or five or ten. And it seems to me that that is what we have. This is where we're at with politics in America today, but not just from politicians. So often we focus just on the politicians, and that's the easy things to, thing to do. It's easy to point fingers at the people in Washington, D.C. and call them hypocrites. But in reality, most of us, the regular people, the voters, are just as bad. Because we have one side who we love Trump, so we toss aside his vast moral debauchery and pretend that somehow that doesn't affect his character and won't impact how he governs. And on the other side, we love Hillary or Bernie, and we have no standards except that the government take care of everyone while at the same time allowing every man to do what is right in his own eyes. So we toss the Constitution and embrace principles of communism, which are proven failures on the world stage. But it doesn't matter because it's our guy. Oorah, go my guy, right? And then we reach a point where our guy is in office. And then when he or she does something bad or something good, it, it, it doesn't matter what they're actually doing. It just matters that it's my guy or my girl. We brush it aside if it's bad or we shout it from the housetops if it's good, if it's our guy. If it's not our guy, then it's, it's earth-shattering, world-ending news that should be broadcast 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And we saw this, we see this all the time play out in mainstream media, but I think more and more and more we are seeing this play out 
with individual people. We, we've lost our ability to recognize, or at least our ability to acknowledge, if our guy is, is maybe coming up short. What have we lost? Quite simply, we've lost our sense of objectivity. And so it is, I think, somewhat, this is playing into the current Russia situation. Case in point. Remember Hillary's email server? The illegal one? The one with all that classified information that the Russians had access to? It wasn't too long ago. I'm sure you remember it. So the left, what did they do? They brushed over it. It's not a big deal. Everybody makes a little mistake here and there. So she had a classified server. It was There was classified stuff on the server. It wasn't really that classified anyway. I mean, you're still alive, right? Let it go. Let it go. Then we had the right. What did we on the right do? We were like, heaven help us all. We're going to die. Hillary gave classified information to the Russians with her incompetence. See, we told you she's a horrible person. Same problem, two entirely different reactions. Fast forward to the present day. Trump may or may not have provided to Russia information which could be considered classified and not to be shared. So, ready for the reactions? The right. What what are most on the right doing? They're brushing over it. Not a big deal. Everybody makes a little mistake here and there. It wasn't really that classified anyway. You're still alive, right? Let it go. Let it go. Then... We have the left. Heaven help us! We're all going to die! Trump gave classified information to the Russians with his incompetence. See, we told you! He's a terrible person! Again, same problem, two entirely different reactions. But do you see what's happening? Each side is reacting exactly as they told the other side they were crazy to react the last time something like this came along. And this is what most people would look at and call hypocrisy. Because hypocrisy is when you recognize and call out a fault in someone else, and then you do it yourself. And when you do it yourself, though, it's really not a big deal. And you can't have both. This is why young people hate politics. Not because of the politician's hypocrisy, but because of our hypocrisy. Because of you and because of me. Because of those of us who vote and then blindly, hypocritically if you'll allow me, follow the leader no matter what cliff they walk off of. And it needs to, needs to stop. I mean, this is, this is ridiculous. We have to reach a point where we can have reasonable conversations and recognize that just because we have an R or a D after our voter registration and the elected official in question has the same letter after his or her name means that we have to defend everything he or she may or may not ever do. Now, granted, on the Republican side, there are many instances where Republicans particularly throw their comrades out to the wolves and fail to circle the wagons for each other, fail to present a unified message, fail to work together. Obamacare repeal being a case in point. But that's that's not that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about in general. Okay, the blatant outright issue of when she did it, we hated it because she's on the other team, but when he does it, it's okay because he's on our team, or flip it around, when he does it, we hate it because he's on uh, the other team, but when she does it, it's okay because she's on our team. Journalists are failing. The media is failing on this. But so, I fear, are we the people 
the voters. We're not being honest with ourselves and with our children. And we might be able to fool some of the people some of the time, but we can't fool all of the people all of the time. And until our politics are rooted once again in our principles, we will continue to ride this ever-changing wave of my guy did it, it's okay. Your guy did it, it's bad. Instead of objectively looking at a situation and evaluating the situation's event on its own merits, rather than on if the individual committing the infraction was wearing our jersey or if they were playing for the other team. You know, this is one of the things I really admire about my brother Jonathan. He's in sports journalism and he's probably the biggest Broncos fan that I know. And he's had an impressive career covering various sports teams, but particularly the Broncos for the past decade, basically. And the thing is, he's only 23 years old. And yeah, he's been covering the Broncos for 10 years. But the reason that he's been successful is not because he was some superstar student. student. You know, he'll, he'll be the first one to tell you that he couldn't spell a lick until high school, but he just graduated with a BA in English to accompany his successful career, career in journalism. Why? Because not only did he find something that he was passionate about and start writing about it, that's how his skills as a writer were developed, but what set John apart from the crowd, I believe, is that he wasn't just another kid who was fanboying with his blog posts. That wasn't John. It never has been. He was objective. He would be the one that would say, that's not a catch. When everyone else in our house is watching the Broncos game and hoping desperately that the refs would say that it's a catch, John would be like, that's not a catch, guys. They shouldn't call that a catch. Nobody wanted him to listen to him. Nobody wanted him to say that, but everyone knew he was right. He'd be the first one to say, oh, they just wasted that draft pick on this guy that everybody's hyped up about that's going to be a bust. Or, oh, that guy they took in the fourth round that everyone thinks is a waste, he's going to be amazing. He was the one who would interview rookies that no one else was interested in talking to at training camp, and these guys would go on to be stars. You know what made my brother successful? Is that he determined long ago, before he ever had a single journalism class, that to be a journalist was to be objective. To report something accurately was to recognize that just because everyone else is saying it doesn't necessarily make it true. It was recognizing that sometimes I have to say, you know what, my team lost and this is why. Or my team won, but they were just playing lucky. He didn't get ahead by shouting, my team is awesome no matter what and your team stinks. Now, does he have fun? Sure. Can he smack talk? Oh, yes. Is he opinionated? He's one of the most opinionated people I know. But he makes the decision to be objective. Even when that's hard, right? He chooses to see the whole story rather than just the color of the jersey. So, to answer the question that everyone's been asking, what do you think about Trump and Russia, personally? Well, first, I think it's sad. I've seen too many people on social media saying that they trust Vladimir Putin more than American media. I think that's a sad reflection on both the media in this country and the voters who have decided that this is a generalized stance they need to take. Because regardless of what you think of the media, you probably need to look into Vladimir Putin a little bit more before you make that stance. Now, secondly, as I mentioned at the opening of this segment, I don't know what Trump said in this meeting. 
no one does except for the people that were actually there. So until we get a tape or a transcript of the actual conversation, this is all hearsay. And what I, But I will say, though, is this. Strictly my opinion, again, because we don't have any actual facts to go off of, I wouldn't be surprised if President Trump told the Russians something that maybe he shouldn't have or another president wouldn't have. I also wouldn't be surprised if what he told them is something considered classified, but which there would be no reason for them not to know or for him not to say. For example, there's a difference between telling me and telling another world leader something that's classified. There's different levels of classification. But mostly, as the information was apparently related to Israel, and Israel doesn't seem to be having a heart attack about it, which, granted, that could just be Bibi attempting to soothe the situation and maintain positive relations with Trump. I don't know. Uh, But since this, uh, Israel doesn't seem to be freaking out. So if they're not freaking out, then, then I'm not freaking out. At least not yet. If it turns out that this was definitely uh, information that should never have been mentioned in the least bit to the Russians or definitely information that could hurt Israel since, you know, Russia and Iran and subsequently Hamas are all buddies, then that could be a problem, right? I mean, if mishandling classified information and it ending up with the Russians disqualified Hillary to be president, which I said repeatedly on this show leading up to the election, then, in the spirit of looking past the jersey, would I not also have to say then that the leaking of classified information to the Russians disqualifies Donald Trump to be president? Right? Mm, Wrong. Gotcha. (laughs) You thought I was going to say it's time to remove the president and state Pence, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Here's why I'm saying that. You may not like this, but this is just the way it is. One of the perks of being president is that you can tell anyone anything you want, quite frankly. <laughs> I know. I know. This is, this is it's not a popular thing to say. Is it wise for the president to share classified information? with Russia? I would suggest that it is not. But is it legal? Yes. That's that's one of the things that presidents can do. If he wants to tell somebody classified information, he's the president. He can do that. All right? Now, there are some some boundaries there, but for the most part, that's 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 just the way it is. Now, Kurt Schlichter, former uh, Army colonel. We've had him on this program multiple times. He's a town hall, uh, he's a writer for townhall.com. He has a piece in town hall, and there's a part of this piece that pretty much perfectly summarizes the current situation. All right. It's his piece is called This is a Coup Against Our Right to Govern Ourselves. And you can read the whole thing. I'm not going to read the whole thing to you. But he has a he has a list included in this um in this piece that I do want to read. I'm sorry, excuse me. Um, He said this. He said, To buy the media narrative on the latest Russian nonsense, you must believe, one, that whatever was revealed was super secret, though we don't know exactly what it was. When in doubt, assume it's on par with the nuclear codes. Number two, that there was no good reason to share this information with Russia, like coordinating our fight against our joint enemy or to prevent another Russian airliner massacre. Because why would we want another power fighting ISIS or civilians not to be blown out of the sky? Three, 
that Lieutenant General, General McMaster, who literally wrote the books on soldiers standing up to misbehaving civilian leaders and displayed immense personal courage in battle, turned chicken and sat there silently as Trump monologued about this unknown mystery info of doomsday-level importance. Number four, that Lieutenant General McMaster lied on camera, twice, and that Secretary of State Tillerson lied as well. Five, that random anonymous sources in an intelligence community that hates Trump with a burning passion must be believed without question, though we don't know their identities or their motives. Six, that these anonymous randos must be believed, even though they were not actually in the room to, you know, actually hear what happened. The traditional bar on hearsay is apparently now just conceit. Seven, that when the Washington Post and the rest of the media publishes classified stuff, including intelligence provided by allies, leaked by anyone not named Donald Trump, it's awesome. Think Chelsea Manning. Eight, that the Washington Post and the rest of the media, which has been wrong over and over again in their reporting, are not wrong again. Nine, that the Washington Post and the rest of the media are objective and have no anti-Trump bias, even though they are literally cheering the hits on the president. And ten, that there are in fact unicorns. And I agree with Schlichter's analysis. Because the bottom line is we we don't even know what they were talking about. And if he did provide classified information to him, that's not necessarily a crime. He's allowed to do that, particularly if he's sharing information that could be helpful to them. For example, they are fighting ISIS, we are fighting ISIS. Perhaps we know something about ISIS that would be helpful for them to know, for them to also help fight ISIS. And then you have Lieutenant General McMaster, who's in the room. I think this is a brilliant point. And you're, you're, it's dereliction of duty. Is a book this guy wrote. It's all, it's, it's the whole point of the book is standing up to civilian leaders who are are breaking the law or not behaving in a in a manner that they should be. And he was in the room. So you're essentially saying that he has no character either because he's just sitting there letting the president give away whatever secrets he's apparently not allowed to tell. Even though, you know, he can he can tell the secrets because he's the president. So, to summarize my thoughts on this issue... I think this issue, like every other currently and for the past year plus, is being blown out of proportion by both sides based on whether or not it's my guy. And whether or not it's my guy determines whether or not I think it's a problem or an issue or even something worth mentioning. And I think at the bottom of that, if we want to get to the to the core of this thing, yeah, we have major problems with our media. And yes, I think we have big issues with the fact that we have things being leaked. Now, that's that's a whole nother uh, hypocrisy talk that we could get into, you know, about leaks. And if you thought that Julian Assange was a good thing, why you have a problem with leaks now coming from the White House? Like leaks in general, in my opinion, and I said this from the beginning, are not a good thing. Uh, it's 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 compromising to our to our security. But again, I think we could look get into a whole discourse on on hypocrisy once again. There, 
Because it's all about my guys. This is exactly what I'm saying. And this issue, the Russia issue, leaks, Chelsea Manning, leaks from the FBI, leaks from within the White House. Is it all about your guy? Or do you have a principle and a foundation that you're basing this on? Does your opinion change based on whether or not it's a good or bad news for the guy wearing your jersey? It can't be that way. It has to stop being that way. And so I think this issue, like every other issue, gives us a good opportunity. We, the people, not the politicians. We know the politicians have problems, not the media. We know the media has problems, right? What we need to do is we need to take this as an opportunity not to point more fingers at Washington, D.C. or at the media or at people with different political opinions than us, but to use this situation to take a hard look at ourselves, a hard look at what we believe, why we believe it, and ask ourselves if the jersey is more important or if the integrity of both ourselves and our nation is more important and if we have actual principles that we're standing on or if we're just going to go back and forth willy-nilly here and there and our opinion is going to change from one month to the next depending on whether or not it's the guy wearing our jersey or if our opinions and our beliefs are based on something more than the color of the jersey that the politician is wearing. Because we can't have an honest conversation about our country or with our children until we are honest with ourselves. We'll return in a moment. All right, Veritas with the hand that holds the storm there. All right. Oh, my goodness. I have so many things I want to cover today and so little time in which to do it. Our, um, let's see. Let me get to this next story here, and then the rest of it we may have to keep for next week. We'll see, though. We'll see. But regardless, it'll be Tuesday. Next Brittle Show will be coming at you Tuesday. Lots of big stories, more important topics. I just, if I can't fit them all in today, you need not fret. You need not fear. It will be okay. I will talk about them on Tuesday. You could think of it like really good leftovers. The leftovers that are better than the food was the first time that you ate it. I know they're not, they're, they're hard to come by, but you know there are those, those few things that you love it the first time around, but it's even better when it's leftovers, there there are some like that. That think of that like Tuesday's show. Okay, it will be huge because what's um, what's well, I I just I just I know it will. Believe me, <laughs> believe me, it will be huge. And you're like, well, what about Monday? Aren't you going to be here Monday? Well, probably, but it will be drive time with Friddle, right? So the actual Friddle show. More talk, less music. That happens Tuesdays and Thursdays. There's more music, less talk on Mondays and Wednesdays. And then Friday is just our regular fun Friday. Which, by the way, tomorrow's Friday, right? Yeah, today's Thursday. That makes tomorrow Friday. Very good, Crystal. Very good. Um, I have gotten some fantastic new giveaways the past few weeks. I've got Adventures in Odyssey CDs to give away. I have... Uh, I have a new book from Voice of the Martyrs called Hearts of Fire. It's about women from the underground church and stories of their faith and what it's cost them. And it's just, it's amazing. I've read a couple of these stories and it's just, it's, 
I've thought about not giving this book to you and keeping it for myself because that's how good it is. I've got a new uh, Frank Peretti book called Invitation. I've got a year subscription to, um, what is it called? Is it Clubhouse Magazine? Focus on the Family's Magazine for Kids. I think it's Clubhouse. I've got... I've just gotten a lot of really good giveaways lately. We've got Summit Ministries is going to be sending us some giveaways. So anyhow, if you want to win one of these cool things, what you have to do is you have to listen live on Friday mornings. Because, see, here's a secret for you if you haven't been listening for very long. What happens is if you're tuned in from 7 to 8 a.m. Pacific time, I'm actually live. Like right now, when I'm this is being recorded and broadcast at 7.41 a.m. Pacific time, this is live, right? But we also have a rerun of the show from 7 to 8 p.m. Pacific time. So it's it's almost as good, but as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, and in the world we're living in currently, what you're talking about right now may no longer be relevant in an hour, so my apologies to those of you that are listening if some of this is no longer relevant if you're listening in the p.m. hour. Anyway, all that to say... If you want to win stuff, the only way that you can win stuff is by listening to the live morning hour on Friday mornings because that is when I give things away and we have fun radio trivia. At least I think it's fun. It's fun for me. I hope it's fun for you guys. I think it's fun when you win things. At least I like winning things. Anyhow, let me get to the next story. Uh, what's huge right now is a petition on change.org that is, oh, it has well over 200,000 signatures now asking ABC, the network television station, to reconsider their decision to dump the hit show Last Man Standing. Uh, the Daily Wire had a good piece on this. It's from John Nolt. Uh, Tim Allen has broken his silence, says he was stunned and blindsided by last man standing cancellation. Uh, earlier this week, Tim Allen broke his silence over the cancellation of his popular sitcom Last Man Standing. Via his verified Twitter account, the television legend wrote, quote, stunned and blindsided by the network I called home for the last six years. As the Daily Wire reported last week, despite high ratings, the ABC television network, which is owned by the left-wing Walt Disney Company, killed the long-running sitcom, one that not only won its Friday night time slot, but had become an even bigger cash cow through the syndication of reruns. Moreover, the half-hour sitcom about a middle America conservative business owner was seen as a Friday night anchor, the kind of show that attracted and kept viewers throughout the evening. At the time, ABC claimed that the surprise cancellation was due to costs and expensive licensing arrangements with the show's owner, 20th Century Fox TV, including the matter of Alan's star salary, which after six seasons would have to be renegotiated. This explanation, however, made little sense. ABC was apparently in the exact same situation with another hit sitcom, Modern Family. Nevertheless, in this particular case, ABC worked out a deal with 20th Century Fox TV and the sitcom stars in order to renew the popular series for two additional seasons. For obvious reasons, the only difference Last Man Standing fans see between the two shows is that Modern Family proudly leans to the political left, and I would say to the far left, uh, and Last Man Standing uh, presents a conservative Christian main character who lives in middle America, supports Donald Trump, and sometimes ridicules leftists. And I would personally say that uh, conservative and Christian is used in a, in a relative term there it's not it's not as blatant modern family is blatantly outrageously far left 
Last Man Standing is not uh, is not far right by any means. Um, there are tones, undertones of Christianity in in some elements. Like they'll pray before a meal, but it's not. Um, I wouldn't say that it's a it's a it's. There's no Bible thumping happening in this show. None. Zero. But it is a good show, considering what's on TV today, wherein it presents, it does give you at least the option of seeing a conservative uh, viewpoint. All right, let me see. Was there anything else in this article that I wanted to get at here? Um... Uh, yeah, okay, here. ABC Entertainment President Channing Dungey denied politics had anything to do with the show's cancellation, saying, I canceled Last Man Standing for the same business and scheduling reasons I canceled The Real O'Neills, Dr. Ken, The Catch, and American Crime. It was a challenging call because it was a steady performer, but we made the decision not to continue with comedies on Friday night where it landed. But... Daily Wire is pointing out that lumping Last Man Standing in with these other shows makes absolutely no sense because The Real O'Neill's Dr. Ken, The Catch, and American Crime all garnered horrible ratings. Tim Allen's sitcom not only enjoyed high ratings, but won its time slot, anchored the night, and is basically handing you printed money in syndication. And, and, Last Man Standing was ABC's second highest rated sitcom after Modern Family. That, to me, is the kicker. I mean, who cancels their second highest rated sitcom? Nobody does that. You don't be like, okay, we're going to renew you because you're our top sitcom. Oh, you're number two? You're bringing us the most revenue. Um, Yeah, no, scratch you because we don't actually care about ratings or revenue. No, no, there is no network on the planet that says, oh, you're our second highest rated show bringing in our second most revenue. We're just, we're, we're just you know what, we're done. We're done. No, you don't. That doesn't happen in television. Unless, you know, maybe that television corporation is run by a guy by the name of Bob Iger, who's a diehard Democrat fundraiser and donor, who drove $50 million into a ditch uh, for Bill Clinton. But, I don't know. This this one, to me, it just smells more than fishy, right? Not to mention that I really enjoyed this show. And you know the main reason I love this show? Because, yes, it presented the conservative viewpoint on many issues, but it also presented the liberal viewpoint. If you're not familiar with the show, it's uh, it's Tim Allen and his wife. They have three daughters. His oldest daughter is a Democrat, is a liberal. I would, his middle daughter is kind of like a moderate on the fence, depending on what's happening in the world. I may or may not be a liberal or a conservative. And then the youngest daughter is, is the conservative kid. So you've got them all. You've got all the spectrum, basically, in one family from liberal to conservative. And I think that's fairly realistic, of what's happening in our country today. That, that happens a lot. And we got to watch this family struggling through their differing opinions and conclusions, but at the end of the day still love each other because they were family. And again, I, I wouldn't go so far as many other commentators to call this a show with a strong Christian message. I mean, there, there are a lot of elements in it that are anything but, including uh, from Tim Allen's main character, who's supposed to be this stalwart of conservatism. 
But Last Man Standing was different in that it at least presented another viewpoint. It gave you both sides of a story. It let you hear both arguments. Literally, you would hear both arguments on a political issue during the show. And I thought it was fantastic because I thought it presented the case that each side would generally make to you, the viewer, and then it lets you decide. And you can think through. You can actually hear what the other side is saying. You know, some, often we don't take the time to hear what the other side is saying. We just we block it out and we say, "Well, this is what we think," and then they start talking, and we're just like, "Don't hear you." No, 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 no. You you got to hear both, and you got to see both, and you got to see why each side thought what they thought. I thought it was really good, and I think it was good for our country. To be able to see something like this and to be able to see it in an entertaining way. Even if the conclusion either side had reached was one we disagreed with, we at least got to see both presented instead of just one hardline leftist stance at, like what you would see in Modern Family, which I never watch because it's a horrible, um, I would almost say, uh, no, I would say anti-God show. In a world, in a culture where television, where, where nowhere actually do we really ever hear both sides of the story presented, particularly when it comes to politics, and never do we see that that I'm aware of on TV, that's what made, for me, that's what made Last Man Standing special. Because you did actually get to hear the other side of a story. You did get to see the other side presented. You did get to see a family have, you know, real life conversations about actual issues. And it was more than just, you know, they were playing video games or, or well, things that, anyway. I hope that ABC changes its mind and brings back Last Man Standing. Or that Fox or Netflix or someone else picks it up. Because in today's TV world of filth and moral relativism... Last Man Standing was a flickering candle of semi-normalcy, which I think will be sorely missed. And at the moment, I'm just I'm glad they didn't get rid of Shark Tank too, because if ABC had canceled Last Man Standing and Shark Tank on Friday nights, I don't I'd have to like I don't know I'd have to go hang out with people or something. And and I <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. I love you all. Every TV show that I watch is recorded with my DVR, and I watch it post it being live. Well, that's, that's you know what, that's a lie. Not everyone, but I would say 99.5%. Every once in a blue moon, which that never happens, so that won't be accurate either. Okay, once in a while I'll watch something on TV live, but for the most part what I'm saying is I don't watch it live anyway, hence the joke about Friday nights, okay? And speaking of Friday nights, tomorrow night, Thursday, Friday. Yeah. Tomorrow night is our UTC, our ultimate teen challenge here at Liberty. It starts at 630. If you have a teenager or if you are a teenager, well, okay, that's not really going to work because I was going to say you want to be here, but you don't necessarily want to be here if you just have a teenager. If you are a teenager, you do want to be here. If you have a teenager, we'd love to have you come and help us for the evening and you can contact our church office, talk to Mr. Moses, Mr. Richard Moses at 702-647-4522. We need a lot of volunteers for this event. So if you are a parent of a teenager or you just like you know, coming to these events and acting like a teenager and pretending like you're supervising, we know, we know. I've seen you. I've seen you. Um, you can come 
and you can help us. 702-647-4522. And if you are a teenager, then you definitely want to be here. We've got free pizza. We've got free soda. We're giving away, I believe it's a PS4 and a Visa gift card. So that starts at 6.30 tomorrow night here at 6501 West Lake Mead Boulevard, Liberty Baptist Church. It's open for everybody. If you're a teenager in Las Vegas or if you're a teenager in Baltimore, if you want to fly here and come, that's fine too. We will, you can come. No one, if you're, if you're a teenager, you can come for free. It's all free. No, very few things in life are free. Actually free. This is one of them. It's free. And there will be free pizza. Literally actually free. You don't have to pay for it. It's pretty cool. Now that someone else is actually paying for, so it's not free pizza per se, but I digress. <coughs> Join us tomorrow. I'll be giving something away. Haven't decided what yet. Oh, no, actually, I think I do know what I'm giving away tomorrow. I think tomorrow we're going to give away, uh, there's a new, um, so if you listen to Adventures in Odyssey, you know that Wooten is just masquerading as a mailman. What he really does and why he always has you know, money for random things, like a slide that's built into his house, is because he's actually a comic book artist. So what uh, Focus on the Family has done is they have taken the, the comic book idea of Wooten from Adventures in Odyssey and actually started making comic books of Captain Absolutely, which is one of Wooten's uh, comic book heroes. So we have the Captain Absolutely comic book. Written by Wooten, which we're going to be giving away tomorrow, as he uh, as he fights off the evil villain Doctor uh, Relative. So you have Captain Absolutely versus Doctor Relative. You'll probably get that later. So we'll be giving that away tomorrow. You're going to want to get ready for some trivia. I don't know what the trivia is going to be about yet, but it'll be something amazing, and it will make your brain think. And then what you want to do is you want to join us on Sunday morning for church at 9.30 or 11.15. We'd love to have you and your family here. Again, our address, 6501 West Lake Mead Boulevard, 9.30 or 11.15 Sunday morning. Thank you for being with us today. You can find me on Twitter or Facebook at The Frittle and catch past episodes of this show, including, by the way, the last podcast we have up on iTunes and SoundCloud is with uh, Dave Arnold, the executive producer of Adventures in Odyssey, talking about how your kids can get in the show and get the opportunity opportunity to not only be in an Adventures in Odyssey episode, but when you and three of your closest relatives or friends, a all-expense-paid cruise uh, with Focus on the Family as they celebrate uh, 40 years of ministry. So if you miss that podcast or that uh, show, you can catch the podcast of the show on SoundCloud or iTunes. Just search for The Friddle show. I am Crystal Heath. You can call me the Friddle. You can call me Crystal, but you can't call me late for dinner. And we're going to go out with Home Free and How Great Thou Art. Hope you have a fantastic day and we will see you back here tomorrow.